That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. All right. All I right. think we, we got it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Today, my guest is a good friend that I've known for about five years, Eric Jaguette, who I met at a startup boot camp in Boston. And he and I both worked at a co-working space in Boston called WorkBar at different times, um, but we stayed in touch throughout the years. And he is a community manager there. And so we're going to talk about what you should talk about, which is community and taking big leaps and getting advice for folks who may not think they can, uh, you know, be part of a community or try something new for whatever reason. And we can give them advice on how they can do it. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Eric. Thank you so much. So do you remember at all, like when we first met back in the day at CIC? I just remember like you had great energy <laughs> <laughs> and that's what kind of drew me to you. Um, what, did, what were your takeaways from that boot camp? Do you feel like it, it kind of set you on a new path or, or do you feel like it was just sort of, you know, a, a one, another step along the way in the same journey? Yeah, I think it definitely helped me a lot in the sense of like when I first joined that, um, I didn't even know how to write like a cold email. I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> so it really taught me like the basics of kind of being professional that was like the first thing. And then I also feel like, you know, as you know, it was really helpful for the networking part of it. So those are probably honestly like the two things I got most out of it. Gotcha. And what I was thinking about was that, you know, prior to that boot camp, you were, as I recall, you were a caregiver. Yeah. Um, I think for, was it for the elderly? And the reason why I question, ask you about that is that it seems kind of interesting that you started out as a, or one of your first jobs was a caregiver. And then you kind of where you are now, it's not the same thing, but I feel like it's in the same kind of vein of, you know, uh, you know, if you're a community manager and you're, you know, working in co-working space, a lot of what you're doing is, you know, not in the same fashion again, but just you're taking care of other people. Do you feel that there's a connection in those two things or is it there's completely different? No, yeah, I feel like I definitely brought a lot of my people skills that I sort of developed working with elders and specifically memory impaired people um i feel like i took a lot of those people skills and like my the amount of patience i have and i carried that into my um you know this whole industry got it so i yeah, feel like so, definitely okay. helped me in those aspects yeah i think it's i just think there's um you know the the, the specific roles are obviously very different but i think the idea of trying to understand where people are coming from making sure that their needs are met and that you know, you're, you're very much like, you know, like a membership director in a lot of ways. But I guess that leads to the broader question or even a more specific question, I should say, is um, as a community manager, like, how would you describe your role? Like, what, what would you say that you do, as we say in office space? Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I'm the face of the building. So first person, the last person you see. And then I handle day-to-day -day operations, pre-pandemic, I would help coordinate a lot of events in my previous job. And then sales obviously is the, you know, the big aspect of it. So, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so it's a lot of fun. I think I gravitated towards this sort of industry because I do get to wear a lot of hats and I'll, I get to do a lot of different things as opposed to, you know, if I was just sitting at a desk all day, just kind of copy pasting. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. yeah. So, and this kind of leads into that next question. So you, you've worked at uh, two different co-working spaces, to my knowledge, very similar in a lot of ways, but also very different in a lot of ways. And just from that 
overarching experience, like what would you say, like what's the reason why somebody should, or like what's the reason to join a co-working space? Yeah, I think there's kind of two parts. Before the pandemic, I feel like it was sort of more about the events, the networking aspect of it. And then of course the space was like, you know, the main, the main point, but I think now we've kind of, kind of gone back to basics where it's really just about, or mainly about, um, being in that space, because I know a lot of people, you know, who are struggling right now, working from home. I usually hear that. Like every time I do a tour, I hear same kind of story. Like I'm going crazy at home. I'm with my husband. I'm teaching my kids all day. I need to get away. <laughs> Got it. Um, so as far as like the differences though, I think with work bar, you know, they've always had these four neighborhoods, study, switchboard, commons, cafe. So we have such a large space that, especially during the pandemic, we've been able to, um, people have been able to spread out. And then the other thing with that is we have created like several different new memberships um, because of the pandemic. So we added, we added like an office passport membership where, you know, members can use office space as needed. We added a college membership because we saw there was a need there with, you know, college students working from home, you know, they're really struggling. Yeah. And then other than that, I know that work bar is the first space to be well certified for clean air. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the, you know, after when I was working at work bar, I, I left to get back into uh, video, as you know, um, yeah. which, you know, been a passion of mine since I was, you know, in my teens. So I was really good. And uh, about a year after I left, the the good folks at WorkBar hired me to do your intro video. The first thing I was going to say is that like when we were doing that, we we're really working on figuring out, well, what, again, are the differentiators? Um, and the, the thing I was going to ask you about, though, is, you know, when you, when you mentioned the neighborhoods, I think that you might want to, you know, I don't mind, you know, this is kind of a plug, but... <laughs> I think we're going to, we're going to plug, we might as well do it right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you might want to mention like how each neighborhood is different. Like, cause a lot of co-working spaces are like, yeah, just go where you're going to go do your thing. And like, if you want to have a conversation, go into a booth, boom. But I think with work are, you know, there are four different neighborhoods for four different kinds of work. And can you just sort of real quickly kind of explain what the four neighborhoods are? Yeah. So we have the cafe, which is sort of more, I would say like Starbucks, cafe style. You walk in and there's music. It's a little more lively. Then we also have the common space, which we allow people to work in. Um, it's sort of more of a collaborative space. And then we also have the switchboard, which we allow phone calls in. And then the study is sort of like a library quiet zone. So it really depends on like your work style, what you prefer. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, and it, and that's the thing is, I mean, I I I did it kind of if we're again like if we're gonna plug, we might as well plug. But I have a lot of friends who work in different co-working spaces, and you know, invariably when I ask them like, well, what's the, what's your differentiator? They always say it's the community, which yes. if, you're, if you're looking at it from the outside, like it doesn't help anybody's buying decision, exactly. um, right? Like it's you know you need to have like, well, what about that community? And I actually was talking to Anne who was a community manager and also events person at uh, work bar, uh, kind of like from the early days. Um, and she just talked about, yeah, you know, it's like for her community is 
uh, I'm paraphrasing, but basically it's like, you know, if it feels right to you, then that's the right space for you, right? Like it's not like this binary or this like series of steps. It's like a feeling. So I guess, and that's her, that's again, I'm paraphrasing, but that's how I read what she was saying, what community means to her. So with that in mind, I was just going to ask you the kind of two-part question is, uh, why is community important? Yeah. And uh, what does community mean to you? Yeah, so I feel like for me, it's sort of provided um, like a sense of belonging and togetherness. And just to know that you have like a group of people who are sort of on your side, like I can't tell you how many people when I was laid off from my last job, like how many people reached out to me and were just like, if you need any help with anything, just let me know, come to me. And the other side of it is I feel like it's really a feeling you, or yeah, it's like a feeling you get when you walk into this space. And that's sort of, that's sort of how I look at it. Got it. Yeah. And so, uh, well, yeah, I guess. So then we'll just, we'll pivot here a little bit yeah um and just kind of kind of leads to it's uh it's a bit of a pivot but it leads to this next kind of series of questions um you know we talked a little bit about how you know you were very much outside of the you know innovation economy wherever you call it the tech space the startup entrepreneurial space you know you, you home care uh you know being a yeah. caregiver is not really connected to that in a lot of ways and then you know we went to the boot camp and then uh you sprawled out into kind of the innovation economy the co-working economy and so I guess the question is, is that, you know, was it hard to take the leap from any of those new roles? And if so, how? It was definitely a leap because, you know, completely, completely different industries. And I think it took me, it took me some time just to kind of learn how to be in a, I knew how to be professional, but I just, I had never worked in this industry. So I, I think it took me a while to just sort of learn the ins and outs of it basically. But I think I've always, I've always been a person to kind of just take the leap of faith and just kind of take that risk and hope it pays off. <laughs> uh, luckily I, you know, I have had it pay off in the long run, but um, that, that's sort of how, how, I, how, I, how I've always been, so. Got it. Yeah, so, so, then, so then here's the thing, let me ask you this. So I, I think that there's, like there's two pieces that really resonated with me what you said is one is like for most folks who have um you know a certain amount of support or privilege in their life uh especially when they're young just because you have you know more opportunity you haven't you know fallen down as much very often not always true but oftentimes it's based on age um not always uh but the bottom line is that when you are in a situation where either you're able to take leaps because it's worked out in the past or you have no evidence to the contrary so you just assume it's going to work out or you have a support system where if you take a leap like your parents or your friends or your spouse or whoever is going to take care of you then there's a certain level of like you're you feel better about taking that leap so i guess my answer my question would be is like if you what kind of advice would you give to somebody who wasn't, who didn't have a support system, who didn't have experiences where they took a leap and it worked out. Like, how do you get involved in the innovation economy? How do you get involved in co-working? How do you get involved in entrepreneurship or the startup world if you don't have any uh, kind of um, feedback or uh, kind of, what's the word? Influence in your life that's kind of- yeah. that. 
And that's basically where I was, <laughs> as you know. So I would say like the most important thing is to do, to do your research and just slowly build your skills up. And I think you also don't realize how much your skills from one job can um, sort of apply to another. Got it. Okay. And um, so kind of in the, in the same vein, but drilling down a little deeper. So whether we're talking about diversity and inclusion and equity, or whether we're talking about, um, you know, fitting in with the startup cool kids, uh, you know, or just finding, you know, that, 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 uh, that ever nebulous culture fit, like, what would you say to people who like, you know, feel they have the skills, feel they have the talents and the, the, the demeanor and the hardworking, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the, the work ethic, um, but feel like that there's not a lot of examples of people who are, uh, they identify with or whether it's they look like them or they sound like them or they, or they, they don't have, you know, the, I guess the correct word is, the, is they don't have role models when they, you know, they look on the website and they don't see anybody who seems to be of their background, of their culture, or their, um, their whatever it is that they identify themselves with. Um, you know, what kind of advice would you share to people who feel like they're not going to fit in for whatever reason? Yeah, so I feel like for me, it was really important to remember why I was there and remembering my purpose because I definitely was at a huge disadvantage, you know, because I didn't go to college. I didn't have really any skills other than what I learned from being like a CNA. So for me, it's, it, you know, it wasn't about fitting in. It was about performing, you know, in a role the best I could. So I think that's what people really have to focus on. Okay, got it. And so uh, again, drilling down a little, a little deeper even more. Yeah. Um, can you share a few lessons that you've learned while working and co-working either like on a personal level, professional level, or just, I mean, ideally, like, I mean, if you want to share about your life, kind of just you know, to, to we can learn about another human, feel free. But I, I would say that if there's a way to have it be kind of a, 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 you know, a story or a piece of advice that other folks can use on their journey, uh, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah, so I think for me, especially in the past year, I've really learned how to say no. And then just over the past like five years, building my confidence, that was a big thing for me for sure. Um, and I think being here at work bar, because I managed the building by myself, having like that hands-on approach to everything, it's, it's really helped build my confidence and my belief in my decision-making skills. Got it. That's awesome. So I only have, I guess I only have about two more questions and we can, uh, you know, peace out as we said in 2012. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the, the, very often when I, when I kind of ask questions about like, how do you find success and like almost everybody says some version of you got a network, right? Do you have networking tips that? Yes. Um, yeah. So it's like, if you're starting from scratch, I would say with networking, you should try your best to say yes to everything you can. And as far as like job hunting, networking, it's definitely a full-time job. So, you know, you want to use every resource you have, um, even resources sometimes you think won't, won't help can be a big help. Um, like I got my last job because I sent a Facebook message to the manager, <laughs> which is kind of ballsy, but 
you know, like I would have got a TikTok myself. A little, a little yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, just just do everything you can and say yes to everything. Go on those coffee chats, and eventually you'll get there. And I feel like even if you don't get a job out of a certain conversation, you'll still get something from it that you can sort of apply to your your next situation. Got it. And so I guess I only have one more question or maybe maybe one or two. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what are some things that, uh, I don't know, like what are some things about coworking that might surprise people either like in the general sense or kind of like your day-to-day -day experience or just like, oh, and people think of coworking, they think of this, but really it's this or this funny story happened or, you know, just anything you want to share in that regard. I think the biggest thing I hear is how much people's productivity increases, you know, like when we have someone come in for the day and then that at the end of the day, when they leave, they're like, I got so much done. <laughs> um, so I think that's, that's a big piece of it. Uh, yeah. That's, that's always great to hear when you can be productive. Um, so be, speaking of be productive, let's move on to the next sort of thing, which is if, is there anything else that you might want to talk about or for us to cover before we sign off here? I don't think so. You're pretty, you did good. You covered, covered a lot of it. So. Well, thank you. I, I've done this before. It's not my first rodeo. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that I that I got your stamp of approval. Um, yes, absolutely. You know, I'll have to be on your podcast, the the Eric Show. You never know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Eric. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, this was a, yeah, a whirlwind, a whirlwind, but I think you did a fabulous job. So thank thanks you. again for. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Until next time, everybody. Uh, talk to you later. Bye bye.